Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back to the Scarleteers podcast. I'm Amanda. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back. This week, we're doing something special. Um, Isabel, what are we talking about this week? We are talking to two very special women. Uh, one that uh, I don't think needs any introduction in the Scarlet world. And she's our show creator, Rachel New. <laughs> and, and I'm quoting you, Rachel, here, um, her work wife, Patty Ishimoto. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so very much for joining us today. It's really such an honor to have you on our uh, modest little fan podcast. <laughs> and we have a huge list of questions. Um, since you don't get the chance to interview your, the show creator and the executive producer of your favorite TV show every day. So I think I uh, will just dive right in with the questions. First one to both of you, how was your time in Belgrade? Well, Rachel, do you go first? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for, for having us on the show. Um, this is very exciting. We're very pleased to be here. Uh, yes, so what was it like being in Belgrade? Um, it was pretty amazing, actually. We 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 packed our suitcase in Ireland and uh, came to Belgrade, not really knowing what to expect. And um, luckily for us, it was a, a very, very special experience. Not only were, were the, was the crew just the loveliest people, hugely skilled, um, but we had fantastic HODs, head of departments. Um, the resources, the weather when we first got there was incredible. It was absolutely scorching. Um, and yeah, the whole the whole experience for, for myself and Patty, who were out there uh, pretty much the whole time, it was uh, it was incredible. Yeah, I, I loved every minute of it. Agreed. And, and I'd also like to just echo Rachel's sentiments. Thank you, um, Scarlet Tears, so much for all of your support. So we really, really appreciate it. Uh, and, and like Rachel, um, I, I found Belgrade to just be a complete surprise. Um, I was, you know, being, being uh, on the uh, left coast of the, the states, being quite far away, I really didn't know a whole lot about Serbia. And so um, I just found it so, it had this understated charm to it, very kind of relaxed European culture. And, uh, and the people are just so amazing and talented and approachable and kind. And so it was just a really in, overall incredible experience. Another question for the both of you. Um, well, we'll start with Patty. What was it like moving the production from Dublin to Belgrade? Um, surprisingly easier than expected. It was the team in Ireland was really exceptional. And uh, we we were concerned that it would be really hard to match the, uh, you know, let alone exceed the, um, the, the talent that we had, the team that we had had put together there. But what we found was just this, you know, tremendous pool of talented filmmakers in Belgrade, uh, you know, from just creative, you know, production designers and, uh, you know, our camera team and um, our production uh, team execs, just really they had so much film ex- expertise 
that just naturally transitions to uh, to television. Um, so you know, once we once we got through the uh, initial sort of getting to know you period, it was it was really uh, it was really a dream uh, and much easier than we had anticipated. What was it like moving from Dublin for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the team, the the, uh, the Serbian, uh, the Belgradians still teased me about my initial Zooms with each of them, where they said I just looked absolutely, I looked at them very suspiciously and terrified, just going, well, you know, th- you think this is going to, we're going to be able to pull this off, you know, it's a completely different location and um, and they were, there's a saying over there. Well, there was in our on our production, which was we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> and that was our motto. And we did figure it out. And we figured it out super quickly, actually. As soon as Patty and I landed, we we hit the ground running. Um, it's a hugely collaborative show. And I think that's what the crew um that we worked to their strengths because they they were so involved. Um, they were so cooperative. Uh, they couldn't do enough for us. Um, the communication was fabulous. So yeah, we sort of arrived, and we were we were pretty much instantly a, a very close team. Um, and I think that that really got us through. We became a, a kind of well oiled machine very quickly. So any worries or doubts that that either of us had just it wasn't particularly even going to Belgrade. It was just going anywhere that wasn't Ireland. You know that that had been our home for season one you know, it, th- those doubts quickly evaporated. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really joyous experience. So one of the things that I thought must have been really special for you guys is watching them just re- kind of recreate the sets, but also creating the new ones that you've only ever really seen in your mind. Because obviously in, in Dublin, you used a lot of locations, whereas here you, you probably got to create a lot more kind of from a picture in your head what was that like because I know you said previously you preferred the back lot environment yeah so yes that's absolutely right Lindsay so we had there were Dublin is really great for for Georgian and Victorian architecture um one of the things that that our biggest challenge in Belgrade was is that they don't really have that uh not not to it's particularly Victorian um nothing that really looks like London so that was always going to be our biggest challenge but we knew that the talent and the craftsmanship there was exceptional. So we knew that we would be building a lot. And we did. Patty and I call it Eliza Land, where we have this huge back lot. Um, and we have we've built Eliza Street. We've built Scotland Yard. Um, we've built sort of what we call the slum streets, the streets of London, Market Street. So where we... Um, where we had our back lot in, in Ireland, so the Market Street and Eliza's office, yes, we rebuilt that, but we rebuilt so much more. Um, and then the locations that we used um, internally in Ireland, we built those too. We had a huge soundstage and it was really incredible walking onto some of those sets where, uh, for example, we used an old convent um, for uh, inside Scotland Yard in Ireland and we rebuilt that on the soundstage and walking through that I just kept pinching myself thinking well I feel like I'm back in Dublin again it was <laughs> it was very strange um uh and uh but yes we we, there, we did have lots we did use lots of locations as well they've got some most beautiful buildings in Belgrade but yeah those really kind of iconic um and the the regular 
um, sets we we did we did have to have to build um, and it worked out very well. Yeah, and, and just to add, you know, the the back lot that we had in Ireland was actually torn down, so that oh, no. not even an option. So, but what our production designer did was, you know, he had the plans for that, and so he used that as sort of his his you know foundational structure. But then, as Rachel said, he he added on to that. So, you know, certain locations where we shot in Ireland, um, you know, he, he just added on a on Eliza's street. So it was all so much more convenient for us too. And and I think Rachel and I were both giddy the first time that we saw their framing going up on the on the, the back lot. And then it was just magic every day coming and you know to set and then seeing it get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um I would take, you know, my little dog Mikey for for a walk around the <laughs> studio. And from afar, it was like watching like, you know, Oz being being built. Uh, it, it was really magical. It's a really special place. Mikey was a, was a was an integral part of our team, by the way, uh, ladies. She, he was there at all the important meetings, um, and he liked to have a bit of input. Um, everybody fell in love with him. So, yeah, we need to post more more Mikey photos, Patty, so everyone can see. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, provided, yeah, provided pet therapy. <laughs> <laughs> So he's the new executive dogs. producer. <laughs> you know, he's pushing for a credit, but <laughs> well, we did, <laughs> did try and get him into one of the scenes, but um, he took a. I, I was never quite sure if he was terrified or super excited about the horses, or maybe a bit of both. <laughs> but yeah, he he didn't react. He reacted in a slightly excitable way when when he saw the horses. So Patty had to quickly pick him up and get him get him out of there <laughs> um you you also had the the lovely weather which um wasn't it was one time it would be boiling hot and then you had also had snow and everything you know that must have played if you had a, I love the fact that you were, were kind of clearing the sidewalks and everything <laughs> she made me do that <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been working hard enough now here's the shovel and get to work so I didn't I didn't have a choice really uh, we, we lent our hands to lots of different things but yeah shoveling snow was 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 one of them um and uh we did I think we did quite a good job actually but yeah the weather I mean when we arrived it was oh it was incredible it was beautiful when we when we got there which would have been sort of early July and then the heat wave hit and it was like right you know 40 and rising and that was pretty difficult particularly for our poor cast that are in kind of woolen costumes um they had fans like blasting them the whole time um and uh, you know it was fine for patty and i because we could sit in a in a nice air-conditioned kind of um tent or office but yeah when you were out in that heat it was really quite something um, and then it kind of plummeted and yeah it became absolutely freezing so we 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 had a taste of you know all four seasons really I think the winter was easier to contend with though um and we we did use the elements to our advantage so when it was raining um you you will see uh that it's actually real rain (laughs) it's not a fact (laughs) uh and 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 the same with the snow so I think it added this sort of really you know just beautiful mystical element 
Um, but the, the, the heat was definitely harder and, uh, our construction team was actually building the back lot when it was like a hundred degrees Fahrenheit and we Ow. really, we really felt for them. We, we actually had to, um, what was our amazing production teams, uh, the decision was to just have them start, you know, later in the afternoon and work into the evening so that they would not be at the working in the heat of the day. Um, but it was, it was, you know, it did prove challenging, but as Rachel said, we, we figured it out. <laughs> Well, can you give us, both of you, um, give us an example of the day of the life of you on set? Yeah, so every day, well, for me, um, every day is kind of different. So it depends what is coming in. So sometimes it was, I would generally always go and have breakfast. (laughs) We would always (laughs) go and have breakfast. Um, but then it was a case of generally um, going straight into rehearsal before the first scene was shot, spending time with the actors and the, and, and the director, uh, directors. Uh, we had different directors, um, both absolutely fabulous. And um, and then it was depending on what the scenes were, whether they were more demanding or whether they were a bit more straightforward. I would then make a decision about whether how long I would stay on set. Generally, I was pretty much on set most of the time but I would kind of dip in and out um, because whilst we were filming we also were doing post-production for the previous episodes you know as as the as the season moved on so my day was it could be anything from being on set to then remote editing with an editor in Ireland um uh, rewriting scripts, um, looking at casting for up and coming episodes. It, every day is completely different, um, but which I really loved. It was really, really fun. Some days were more challenging than others. Um, I don't think any day was particularly easy because you're getting up very early and working very late, but you're, it's almost like being in an army. You're with these, these people all day, every day, eating um, having every you know um, you know breakfast lunch and dinner with them um, you have huge amounts of fun as well as hard work so yeah it's a it's a slightly strange existence but it's it's really it's really enjoyable um, but yeah every day for me was different yeah I, I, mine very similar to to Rachel I mean we're kind of like up and out the, at the crack of dawn. Um, I actually loved our little morning routine, uh, climbing into our van and crossing the Danube, uh, you know, to, to go to the studio every day. Uh, and I think, you know, Rachel, it was, it was such, it was so much fun, you know, that she was the first person that I was seeing every morning and we'd always have our nice little chats. And then we would sort of look at each other and go, are you going to do your meditation? <laughs> we would do our little meditations in the van. And then we would sort of arrive at, uh, you know, an onset and shoot out of the van and our days were, we were off and running. Um, but I, I, I did love the morning in particular because we would, you know, always have, have breakfast, um, with the, uh, the, the crew and then, um, go to, uh, blocking and, you know, I would kind of hang out as long as I could for the, the first couple of shots. And then, um, as Rachel said, we would typically get, go to the office and get consumed with, whatever the day had to present to us. Um, uh, but it was always fun. And um, just the, it was, it was so nice, uh, you know, especially after COVID and quarantine, which we were, by the way, we were still obviously in the thick of COVID. Um, but it was just so nice to be with people, you know, be with a team on a daily basis. And that, that collaboration, um, it was thoroughly enjoyable. 
So it's uh, really easy to see or hear that you two are really um, getting on great and that you're friends and you call each other your work wife. My question is, what's the best thing about working together for you? Oh, there's so many things I love. I, I'm not going to say too many nice things because she'll get big headed. <laughs> uh, there's so many lovely things about working with Patty. She is a really good friend of mine. And I think probably for me, the biggest thing about um, working so closely together, because we are a real partnership, is just her how supportive she is. Um, you know, we both have highly pressurized jobs we're not we're not brain surgeons but you know it's it's still it's a it's a pressured job and having that support um particularly from another woman as well as you scarleteers will you know will know it's it is nice to have that support network and I could always rely on Patty as for a sounding board to talk things through um you know sometimes I'd go to her for a bit of advice sometimes I'd go to her just to to have a laugh um we we she just she just gets me we know when when we need space and we know when we need each other to for for company and um yeah it's uh, she's the best person to work with she really is so sweet I feel exactly the same way and I I thought I mean we've known each other for quite a number of years now uh and I I do reflect back to where we started Rachel when um we met in London for the first time and then you and I crossed paths on the street later and I walked right past you Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I will claim it was I was extremely jet lagged, uh, but it was it was it was quite funny. <laughs> um, but we have just over the years, I think, as Rachel said, I think we've just really we get each other. We really respect each other and have come to rely on each other. And we, we have so much fun. It's I, I, and I really miss her when I'm not with her. So. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Obviously, filming season two was delayed because of COVID and COVID procedures and having to move. Um, so what were the challenges for both of you and how did you overcome them to bring back season two? So, yeah, so things um, post season one, we were riding on such a high. Um, you know, the, the series was so well received. The ratings were through the roof. Um, we were well into development for season two. Um, and then with COVID hitting, it's like everything just literally fell apart. Uh, and we had to, we had to start from scratch. Um, but, you know, one of the things about our team is we, we believe in persistence and insistence. And so between Rachel and myself and, Patrick and Harvey and Jean and, our, you know, our, our team, we just put our heads together and, um, you know, kept, you know, called all of our, our, our fans and our supporters and were able to ultimately cobble things together, you know, the financing and, and the production issues and where we would, where we could actually, you know, bring season two to fruition. Um, and, you know, it definitely, as I said, we did still have COVID issues, um, but with proper protocols in place, uh, it was, we proved it was doable. We did not miss one day of production, um, which is pretty incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was 
astonishing uh, that we managed to do that. As Patty said, you know, it was um, every day there was a challenge. And I think because we went into it thinking, okay, each day there might be some fires to fight, you know, like with recasting or losing crew or, but we, 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 we did manage it really well. Um, We, we just had such a fantastic team. So um, it, it, it couldn't have gone any better, really. I think lots of productions really suffered, um, but we, yeah, we did, we we did a pretty good job. Rachel, you had um, a really long time to write season two because I think you actually started writing the first scripts before season one came out. Um, so, um, and you've probably had to make uh, some changes uh, to the story along the way, especially with some cast members. Um, nobody knows who I'm talking about <laughs> from <laughs> season one, unable to return. So, um, What's that been like for you to have to rewrite your story probably several times? Honestly, I think most shows are like that anyway. You're right. I had a good, or um, myself and my writing partner, Ben Edwards, we had a good run up to it. You know, we had, uh, we were in lockdown and, um, you know, like everybody else during COVID and we started to kind of throw some ideas around then and, and use that time as much as possible um but in on any show you are rewriting and rewriting right right up to the wire really i think the difference between this was uh, the difference of, uh, on this was um you know we were doing all of the episodes for season 2 so yes there was there was more rewriting but but you 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 just get used to that i think the worst thing you can do as a writer is go and here's my first draft and it's perfect and it's not going to change <laughs> i mean that never happens you the, the the difference between your first draft and your and the final draft the shooting script is is huge so um i just yeah buckled up and uh, and and knew what was coming and yeah we had to rewrite constantly um but yeah that's the nature of the job i think you kind of answered my my next question which was we thought the most important question was whether mikey did actually get a role on set um <laughs> Because, you know, he, he was in the pictures. He was definitely, you know, hanging around and, and he looked like he was having a lot of fun. He, he certainly was. Yeah, and, and Rachel alluded to his, um, the, uh, well, the, the potential role that he had. <laughs> um, uh, Steve, Steve was amazing and he was always looking for an opportunity to work Mikey in. And, um, and one day... He goes, I, okay, he goes, Let, let's, let's do it. And uh, Mikey literally went and had uh, a, a costume. He had a period um, leash, you know, or, or leaves. <laughs> period appropriate. And he was all great and calm. And we handed him off to one of the extras who was meant to carry him down the street. And then as Rachel said, as soon as the horse and carriage came around the corner, he just freaked out um, <laughs> so excited so he um I who knew he loves horses and from that day on anytime he saw the horses on set he would get so excited and want to run over to their you know to where they were corralled and um yeah so we're gonna have to um we're gonna have to work on uh get, maybe get him some some training and a, a proper handler <laughs> mm-hmm. please tell so, me you got a picture of him all dressed in his little leash and everything uh, no, I don't. I, I wish. I wish I did. It all happened so quickly. <laughs> so I literally had to pick him up and like run off set. <laughs> we will next time. I promise. 
Mm-hmm. That's we've, adorable. We've got a, we, we've got some beautiful shots of him in in our van, um, and Patty's got the most amazing shot of him when he's just had his hair done, um, been to the hairdressers and had a blow dry, and he's got this lovely big scarlet bow on. <laughs> very handsome. So maybe we can share that. Okay, so we need to watch for his IMDb page for his <laughs> next role. Okay, okay. So we were talking about Rachel and her writing, but Patty, how did you become a producer? Like, what were the steps? How did you, how did you get interested in producing? Uh, it's so honestly, I fell into it. Um, you know, uh, it was it was never a life goal of mine. Uh, but um, I think because I do, I love putting projects together and uh, and collaborating with like-minded people. Uh, and so as my career unfolded, I, it just seemed to be a kind of a natural progression to producing, um, you know, prior to what I, you know, my, the last number of years being an independent producer, I was, uh, working, I was running a, a network actually, uh, for satellite company. And I was, I was essentially commissioning buying series. Uh, so I, I knew how to think like a buyer. Um, but I really was longing to be more independent. And uh, so I, you know, jumped ship and kind of went to the other side and um, started essentially looking for projects that really resonated with me, um, you know, things that I could uh, be really passionate about and people that I wanted to work with and started, you know, pitching the people that I used to buy from essentially. So when and how did you get involved as executive producer on Miss Scarlet and the Duke season one? You mentioned that you knew Rachel a long time, for a long time already. So I assume that had something to do with it. Yeah. So, um, so I, uh, in my um, search for finding projects, um, we talked to a lot of the agents, uh, And a lot, um, you know, I, a lot of what I was doing previously was on the international co-production side. So I, I had good relationships with, with the, the London based agents and, um, out of one of those meetings, uh, we, you know, we're always look, looking for writers to, to work with, um, her agent at the time sent me Miss Garland and the Duke as a writing sample. So not even necessarily as a, a project, you know, to pitch or take out, um, And at the time, nobody was buying period dramas, but we read it and we fell in love with, with Eliza. Uh, and then we fell in love later with Rachel. And we said, well, if we were going to do period, this is the one we would do. So, um, so yeah, we, we, you know, basically that's where we started. We started taking it out and we're fortunate that other people felt the same way that, that we did, that it was very saleable. So, um, yeah, that was, that was how we connected. So, so what does an on-set executive producer do? Like, I, I'm assuming that there's a difference if you're on-set or if you're not on-set. Yes. So, so um, I mean, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm like reflecting back to what, what, what was happening every day. Um, and when you're in it, you're just sort of like, you're, you're, you're going with the, the flow, but it's a lot of troubleshooting. So, um, you know, with COVID, for example, you know, we would have people that, uh, you know, had COVID and we would have to make decisions 
uh, every day as far as, you know, isolation and then finding replacement people. And then there was always, of course, you know, an impact on the budget, um, a, a lot of a lot of budgeting and financing and troubleshooting. Uh, but, you know, and, and staffing um, also meant a lot of mentoring and being there to, of course, support the creative team like Rachel. Uh, um, yeah, so a, a lot of a lot of troubleshooting and more of the, the, the money management side of things, ensuring that we're that we don't go over budget, that we're on time, um, and that everybody's happy. <laughs> Um, big so old resume there <laughs> I would always say to people just in just in in the most reductive of terms would be anything creative I would oversee anything sort of financial um, Patty would oversee and then we would almost be it's a bit like being um, almost like a parent really you, you are like a mother uh, in terms of just making sure everybody's okay, everybody's happy, and that that includes the actors, the crew, the production staff. Um, I mean, this is me being very reductive, but it's 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 just every single thing you can think of. You have to be across and making sure that the ship is 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 uh, it stays on course, and it's it's one of those things where there's a lot to do I mean it's an it's a never-ending list of to-do lists isn't it Patty of tasks it it is yeah and as you said Rachel I mean they they actually they literally do call us the (laughs) (laughs) grown-ups which you know as they got to know us (laughs) they might have changed their mind a bit about that but yes certainly at first they called us the grown-ups yeah um, and, and there is a, a the, our production assistants. I have to say, one of the most rewarding parts and unexpected um, you know, rewards of the of my my role there was working with our this these amazing young, predominantly women um, production assistants who were just so smart and driven and on top of things. And um, it was it was just really a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, it was a it was a very um... There was, it was a real uh, sort of female-led team. Like we had the most amazing uh, production manager, um, Adriana Tomka, who who uh, she is astonishing at uh, as as a person and at her job. And she, the people that she she gathered for our um, production office, um, as well as the crew as well, they were all so. Um, they were just all so committed and so dedicated. Nothing was ever too much to ask. They and like Patty said, you know, there was this whole team of young women, um, you know, in their early twenties, um, some mid twenties. But they were so impressive. They really were. They are, they are, they are going to make fantastic role models. I have to say. So, Rachel, how long did it take you to write an episode, and then? When it came to filming it, how long did it take to film that episode? Well, I always say uh, that an episode from from literally blank page to a to a really solid um, second draft that you're that structurally it works and that you're really pleased with. I I generally say it's about eight weeks and you incorporated into that it, it are notes obviously from the exec team and the broadcasters. So you're not 
it's not every single day you know there are a few days when you're waiting for for feedback and things which is when you're doing other episodes or whatever else you're doing um you can do it in a shorter time but I think for a really great second draft um that's that's a good window of time and in terms of actually and that doesn't take into account when you're actually uh, you know, getting to the point where you're having a shooting script, as Lindsay said before, it's like you are still rewriting um, and uh, tweaking and, you know, there's cast changes and there's uh, location changes and there are props that you can't get your hands on. So you have to change, you know, things like that in the script. Uh, in terms of of actually shooting, it's it, it it depends. I mean, generally, I would say probably about it's about nine days an episode, something like that. Um, it, it can be less. It can be more. Um, but that's that's a rough guide. That's that's a that's a, 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 a comfortable amount per episode to shoot um, to shoot. Yeah. In terms of duration. And then kind of in, in terms of like you, you guys kindly shared some like behind the scenes pictures of you writing in random locations and I'm always like how do you manage to kind of focus on on your writing and everything when there's probably lots of things going on and and kind of like what sort of things are you are you having to kind of focus on well some of those I mean lots of those behind the scenes photos were actually me dipping out of of um of being on set I mean although I was still on set but I would find a set that wasn't being used and sort of juggling doing the uh, some kind of editing um, for previous episodes that have been filmed so whether it was you know looking at um, the director's cut or looking at uh, the music you know all this was going on whilst we were still filming um, say our second block so our first block directed by Steve Hughes whilst he when he finished that he then went off and and went home and and did his on you know his edit with a remote editor in Ireland whilst our second director Ivan Zikovic started and he was doing block two which I was on set for but then I dip off and have a look and, and see what block one was up to so often it was uh that kind of thing there were obviously rewrites that's the hardest thing is to rewrite in a busy noisy um atmosphere but you you don't really have a choice and it's I always think of it as a being like you know like a police horse where they have those <laughs> they have those blinkers on you know <laughs> you just have to get in that kind of mode where you can kind of work anywhere um because the other thing as well is it's a really tricky industry this and you do have to remind yourself constantly how lucky you are um as a writer or a producer um, that you have a job and it's 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 difficult to kind of moan about it to sit there and go oh you know poor me because it's 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 a hard industry to really get really nice jobs and this was such a pleasure to do it was so joyous that I think Patty and I were sort of on cloud nine most of the time just going well it doesn't matter just throw whatever you need to throw at us and we'll just figure it out Um, so we did try not to kind of moan or tart I mean we're not perfect we do moan and tut but um <laughs> in terms of having a heavy workload you, you just get on with it um and uh, you just realize how lucky you are to be able to have you know to be in that world it must be pretty cool to be writing in Eliza's drawing room right? <laughs> <laughs> it is it's freezing in there um, <laughs> I had to have this radiator every, every every morning when I was working in there 
um the location people very kindly put gave me a lamp because there's no electrics in there and and a radiator and then I got a blanket and um so yeah I wherever I go I sort of do tend to bring a lot of stuff with me I'm not one of those people that can just rock up and write anywhere I I, I have an e- um, ergonomic keyboard ergonomic mouse you know I'm quite high maintenance really <laughs> uh, lots of constant uh, green tea on tap I need that um I hate being cold so yeah a, a warm blanket and green tea and my special keyboard then then I'm good to go uh speaking about your writing do you ever write something or you have an idea in your mind and then the story just takes itself in its own direction like you have characters and you think like oh this character should do this now and then the character kind of says no I don't want to say uh, do this or say this so do you ever have this feeling like um, your characters and your story have a life of their own Absolutely, all the time, and and it's interesting because you, when you start off, kind of planning planning out an episode, it, I always think of it as it's a bit like jumping into a freezing cold swimming pool, and you 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 know it's going to be painful, and you know it's going to be slow, uh, but you just have to do it. And then once you start getting into it, you stop looking at the clock and you start getting lost in that story. Um, and yeah, the characters do take on a life of their own. I mean, I. I'm so lucky now because I can, you know, imagine um, I've got, say, for example, Kate and Stuart at the forefront of my mind when I'm writing Eliza and, and or Duke, and that that that's really helpful because, you know, they are so they're they're even more alive in in my mind than if you've just created a, a fictional character. You know, the they they've these Eliza and Duke are like living, breathing people to me now. So. That's slightly easier. But yeah, that happens a lot where you're writing something and then you go, I just don't think they would say that or do that. And then you change direction. And um, I mean, you do you do always have to keep an eye on structure. There's two main things about writing, which is you can have the best dialogue in the world and the best characters in the world. But if the structure of the episode is a mess, then you're you're really uh, you're really in trouble. And equally, you can have a brilliantly structured episode where you have all those lovely don't switch off moments and uh, drama and pathos and comedy. But if you've got terrible dialogue, again, you're in trouble. So you've all, it's a dance between the two. You've always got to keep an eye on that. You know, there are times when I'll be writing a scene. I don't want it to end, but I'll be thinking, oh, this is like five pages long now. <laughs> and people, I might be enjoying this, but but the audience will be bored. So you have to, you know really be brutal and 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 really be a, a a solid editor with your own work as well so yeah there, there's definitely a dance between between getting those two elements right and so this next question is a bit of a random one but it goes back to when season one first aired and so many people asked the Scarleteers group whether there was a book about the show that they could read, whether it was based on a story that they could read. And we just wondered, would you ever write a book based on the show? Because certainly our lovely fanfic writers in the group have definitely kept us going during this scarlet. And we just wondered whether that's something that you would consider. Well, I would love to do that at some point. Um, no, it's not based on the book. Um, and uh, I think it would be a really fun thing to to do um maybe when I'm 
maybe when I've retired. <laughs> <laughs> Although Patty will never let me retire. But um, oh. I, <laughs> writing a novel is a very different skill uh, than writing a screenplay. And I think they're both equally uh, difficult. Um, so it would be one of those things where I, I, you can't, I wouldn't just go pick up a pen or and just think, well, I'm just going to write a book because it is it's a really different it's a really different uh, skill set. But I love the notion of being the kind of um, kind of old lady sitting by, you know, sitting with her blanket and her cats and writing <laughs> <laughs> uh, writing a writing a novel about Eliza um, and what her latest uh, adventure is. I think that would be really fun, but but not for a while. I'm not that I'm not that old. <laughs> I, I'm not sure any of the Scarleteers will let you retire anytime soon. You're all right. We'll keep you in no. a job. <laughs> you have job security, Rachel. <laughs> so Rachel how was your first experience directing if you give up writing are you going to go into directing it was very uh rewarding it was um uh not as different as I thought it was going to be um I was waiting for the nerves to really hit me and strangely they they didn't um not really and I I think it was because I'd spent the last seven months on set and it wasn't there were elements to the job that I was sort of doing anyway, but there were also elements to that to, to the directing job, which kind of left my head spinning. Um, I ha- I said this many times, but I have never had to concentrate so hard uh, for such long periods of time, and you do you do finish the day absolutely exhausted. I had a whole new level of respect for our directors. Um, uh, because often they're they're doing their job and then they'll fin- you know they're wrapped for the evening and then they'll do a meeting about the next day and I would be just like I just need to go home um, I was really lucky I had a really fabulous team around me a brilliant first AD um, and DOP um, the, the, all the crew were fantastic had Patty there as well so I I felt very loved and supported which was really special and I also had all our previous directors um sending me uh you know lots of messages uh whatsapping me seeing how it was going so it was this really um just this really joyous experience where I I felt a lot of love and and I and I really enjoyed it I I love editing I love the editing process so um I was able to kind of come with those kind of skills um I love uh, chatting with the actors and doing the rehearsals and that was pretty much the same as before I think the, the technical stuff um, being aware and keeping across you know what the camera angles are and the coverage that was a whole new uh, area that I really had to focus my mind on but as I say I was I was I was so lucky in terms of the team around me so yeah I would absolutely love to do it again um, in fact I will do it again whether I'll do it on another show that isn't Scarlet, um, watch this space. I, I, it depends what the show. Oh, okay. I have to say, she was amazing. It was just such a, a natural progression for her because um, she she was there on set so much, and she was already you know involved with the directors and giving you know points to the the cast and um and yeah it was it was for for me like watching her kind of grow and evolve into that uh it was it was really 
just a very rewarding experience and I'm so proud of her oh we all are (laughs) (laughs) so when when we as fans watch uh the show there are always moments where we go like oh for god's sake Eliza uh what are you doing um like when she goes off in episode five and you think why didn't you just take William or Moses with you that would have been so much better and um like why do you go all alone into an abandoned prison to investigate so when you're writing or when you're watching Eliza do you ever have these moments as well where you go like oh my god Eliza <laughs> yes and it's very strange because sometimes when I'm re-watching the episodes back you sometimes you are remembering oh that was a tricky day or or I remember I remember um the prop didn't turn up or you know you remember the stuff that happened that you had to sort out and work out and uh, but a lot of the time you are I do get lost in the story like lost in the episode and it's one of those things where it's so nice to watch it as uh, part of the audience I think um, so yeah I'm I'm constantly just thinking what is she doing why is she doing <laughs> and then I go oh because I wrote it that way and um, <laughs> Uh, and you know you what you want to you know any good writing you want to throw as much drama and problems and obstacles at your characters as much as possible because that's where you get the that's where you get the the really juicy drama from so yeah you don't you don't want it to be plain sailing because that would just be really boring Patty do you get these moments as well when you watch the show Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, and um, yes, so much of it, it all starts with the the writing as, as we know, but I have to say that Kate is incredible and watching her, you know, sometimes I'd be sitting there in, in the, the tent as they're you know, shooting and you can see her head turnings before there's, there's no, you know, there are no lines, but she's, you know, maybe she's sitting someplace waiting and not doing anything, but you see in her, you know, the, the depth of her eyes, you're like, oh my God, she's going to do something. And then sure enough, she does. And you're like, oh my God, she did it. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think there there's certainly what Rachel writes, but then the execution on the part of our amazing cast is um, just such a great compliment to one another. Yeah, Kate Phillips is astonishing. The amount of times I was in the edit where we would be looking at uh, the beginning of a scene and the she's I don't even think she's aware of the cameras starting to roll, but you see her become Eliza. Um, and it, it it does take on a physical form. Um, it's it's really interesting. I can't it, it's very, um, very difficult to describe, but she she just moves into that character and she's she is an exquisite uh, actor. She really is. She's so impressive. I mean, the amount of lines and scenes that 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 young woman has to to rock up on set and know is is really astonishing I've never worked with anyone as professional as her so Patty's absolutely right you know I can write it um, or Ben can write it uh, but it's up to our cast to really bring that magic to it and that's who when you're watching them if you really really believe them as a character that then you are shouting at the, the the tv um saying Eliza what are you doing don't don't go in there and that's down to that's down to Kate and her performance uh yeah just really impressive 
Here, here. I think we all agree that Kate Phillips is Amazing. a good Eliza Scarlet. Yeah. yeah, she really is. So, Patty, you kind of answered this, but in your opinion, what makes Eliza and William so engaging and what draws us in with the story, what draws us in as fans? Like, what about the story? It makes it so great for us. Well, I think that, uh, as people say, that, you know, their relationship is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> they have such a um, a history and a connection. Um, and they really, over the, the time, you know, their, their years having known each other, they really come to rely on each other in a rather interesting way you know professionally but also on on a personal level too and uh that you know William uh was you know close to her father and then the loss of her father and um you know he really has the soft spot for her uh it's it's really endearing um uh and yeah, I, you know, it, it, it'll just be really interesting to see um, how their relationship continues to unfold. Speaking of William, is it difficult to kind of balance his keeping him that very 1880s man and attitudes of that time with kind of making him not unlikable? Because we don't want him to ever kind of be a doormat to Eliza. And that's one of the things that I love is that he stands up to her. And, you know, he's not afraid to throw him in jail if he needs to. But, you know, is that a hard thing to kind of balance because the attitudes of the time really don't necessarily maybe fit with the the modern ideals? Yeah, it's a it's a dance which you have to do. Um, But I it was really important to me to to create a world that was as authentic as possible, because without that authenticity there really would be no struggle for Eliza you know you have to believe that she uh, is a woman in a man's world which would have been the truth and if everybody was kind of walking around with kind of modern ideals and attitudes then there would be no struggle for her so with 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 the Duke um, obviously we want to like him but we want to get a little insight into what it was to be you know what it what it meant for it to be a man during that time what it meant to be a policeman at that time because they would have seen some pretty horrible stuff um, and you want those sparks to fly and you want that bickering and that bantering and you 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 know we wouldn't have that if he was this really progressive man you know he's he's certainly you know um by the end of season one he he respects her and he knows that she's she's good at what she does and that carries on through um they have like patty said they've got a complicated relationship they're friends they're like siblings they're potential lovers there's obviously a huge attraction that bubbles between them but at the end of the day you know if he got married he would want uh to come home and he would want his dinner on the table and he would want you know to have children and you know it, it's um it's it's one of those things which makes it so exciting because you know that would be a disaster for her so that's what keeps everything sort of bubbling and fresh that this man is is clearly you know in love with this woman who is so inappropriate for him <laughs> and 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 vice versa and you know it, it, with life you know it's always the these uh the mismatched uh couples that 
that that that's the most exciting to watch so um yes i i i'm always careful to have him as somebody that is likable and that who we invest in and who we um cheer on and Stuart Martin plays Duke beautifully he's got some cracking storylines coming up in season two um we do see it we do we do see more of him you know who who the type of man he is where he's come from um and yeah Stu plays that brilliantly so I do feel the audience resonates and invests in him um, and I think they'll do that even more in season two Um, but we also we also want to see a bit of that alpha maleness about him because that's the truth of the matter. He's a he's a detective inspector heading up a, a team at Scotland Yard and he would have he would have been a man that would be used to walking in a room and being listened to. So yes, it's 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 complicated, but I think we we pull it off. Um people do seem to love him. They get it, they certainly get frustrated with him um and you know how he is with her, but she's no picnic. You know, she's 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 she has her own, you know, um, issues. Um, She can be very impatient and impetuous and high handed. And um, yeah, so I think they're both both probably as bad as each other, really, which is why it's so much fun to write. It's very fun to watch because when you when I first watched it, the first time I kind of saw it all through Eliza's eyes because it's her story. But then when I rewatched it, I kind of understood Duke a bit more because you could see it from his eyes as well. And everybody, all the Scarleteers say, every time you rewatch it, you notice something different. Yeah, and I think you're really going to love season two because, like I said, he's got some really, there's some really beautiful scenes. I mean, there's a lot of comedy and fun still, but there's some some real um, heartfelt scenes as well. And yeah, like I say, Stuart does, he does that balance so beautifully. Um, so yeah, I think you're, I think, you know, watch this space, you're going to love it. So um, apart from Eliza and William, we're, of course, so very excited to see Ivy and Moses and Mr. Potts again in season two. Can you give us, without any spoilers, can you give us any hints about what their story is? Uh, What's in store for them? Well, I think without giving any spoilers um i think with the with our with our regular characters um it we 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 give them a bit more drama and we give them you know a, that lovely kind of comedy um and you know pathos and and because we we want to spend time with them and they they do orbit eliza um and duke's world which is obviously very important um so we just spend a bit more time with them. We get to know them at a deeper level. Uh, we get to know what their hopes are, their dreams, their motivations. And that's that again, that was hugely enjoyable to to write. Um, I think we, you know, in season one, we kind of created this cast of 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 characters. I think in season two, we kind of celebrate them a bit more. We allow them to blossom. Um, so they become almost like old friends. So, yeah, I, I, you'll get to know them a lot more. Let's put it that way. Um, I can feel Patty glaring at me. Even though I can't see her. <laughs> Any plot spoilers, Rachel? So yeah, exactly. Is that, is that, does that answer your question? Um, yes. 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 Totally. <laughs> so, without spoilers and without Patty glaring at you. <laughs> What can you tell us about the new friends Eliza and William will meet in season two? 
They, they will have new friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. <laughs> that is right. They they have the the most important thing uh, really in any drama is that you give your main characters, uh, like I said, you 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 give them. Uh, people that orbit them that bring out the best and the worst in them that's the most entertaining way to to really write something and so both of them will have people in their life that uh, help them but often hinder them too Um, and it's all about um, seeing those lovely dynamics those different dynamics uh, be it a friend or a work colleague or an antagonist Um, and there's going to be plenty for both of them in season two. That was a brilliant response. <laughs> that was. That was, that was a brilliant it. response. <laughs> but it, it's a really, you know, kudos to Rachel and Ben on, on this. I think it's a really difficult sort of balance, like, you know, introducing new characters. Because, you know, on one hand, you could be like, oh, sure, you know, she could add in 10. But unless they're really bringing some value and, as, as she said, some some, like, you know, complexity to to the characters of the situation and contributing. And um, I just love, I, I love all the characters that, that they've brought in. So I'm really excited for you guys to uh, be introduced to them. And I'm sure you will appreciate them as much as I do. Oh, very excited to meet them, for sure. The next one is maybe a bit tricky to answer without giving anything away. But was there a scene that you filmed that you're really excited for the fans to see without giving away any spoilers? There were, there were so many. I mean, we've got some cracking action scenes um, that were really beautifully executed. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Cause I do think, I think the, I think season two, we have more, um, more, more there is more action. Uh, there's more energy. Uh, I think we're probably outside a bit more as well and, you know, different locations. So that's, the world is bigger. Uh, we've definitely expanded our, our world. So there's there's some some great action sequences, but equally there's some really beautiful um, beautiful moments, beautiful scenes. That uh, I, I mean, a couple that come to mind are are between Ivy and Eliza. Um, I don't think it's a plot spoiler to say they're sitting in Eliza's kitchen, um, where I would be at the monitor and uh, honestly, you know, holding back the tears. I mean just beautifully uh beautifully done by by Kate Phillips and our lovely beloved Kathy Belton who is so nice to work with uh, I can't praise her enough so there are there are so many scenes that I loved and there's there's huge amounts of comedy as well um you know Mr Potts is always um such value for money Simon Ludders who plays him has me in hysterics um he's a really good friend of of mine and Ben's as well so but yeah, it's um, there are so there are so many. Um, I can't really pick. I can't really pick one. I don't know about how about you, Patty. Uh, actually, it's funny because I was thinking exactly the same thing about, especially about uh, Eliza and Ivy. Um, some of the 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 scenes that they have are really. Uh, I, I got chills. They were really just so moving. Um, and then, yeah, as, as Rachel mentioned, the world's just, it's, it's bigger. We, we definitely, because of our, our back lot and the control that we had uh, over, over shooting and some of the additional locations and exteriors, the world just feels bigger. 
good answers. <laughs> We're excited for season two. Definitely. And we would be remiss if we didn't say when the episode titles came out, there was definitely a lot of um, noise, shall we say, about I was episode say buzz. six. Yeah, buzz. 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 The, the title of episode six, any, want to give us any hints? Um, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> didn't That's think fair. so. But thought, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask the question. Um, it's, um, I, I have to say, we, we do come up with these titles on purpose. We, we know that it's going to be, it's going to torment you. So um, we know <laughs> if, if, we, if we think it's going to torment you, we think, yeah, that's the one to go for. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, you'll have to wait and see. Not long now, not long now. Okay. Okay. We'll try to be patient. It's not easy, but we'll try. <laughs> so for everyone who listens to our podcast regularly, you know that we always ask um, the fans to send us questions before. And this time we received really a lot of questions, even though we didn't say who would be on the podcast. We just said, do you have any questions about the making of season two? <laughs> um, so we yeah, and it, it just shows the, the amount of questions just shows how excited everyone is for the new season. We didn't want to ask any plot points. So we had to like weed out some of the questions that we're asking for, like what kind of crimes is Eliza fighting and what kind of causes will come up? Um, will they kiss? Will they get married? Will they have children? <laughs> All of that. <laughs> um, so we didn't want to ask any of that. And because we don't want to know any spoilers ourselves, and we also don't want to give anything away for the fans that don't want to know. We hope that we could answer some of the fan questions already with the um, questions that we asked. But here are some that we didn't think of ourselves. Lindsay, do you have a question? I have the first one, and this is from Lisa Warren, who is in our Scarleteers group, and she is from Tennessee. And she asked, what area of London do you imagine Eliza lives and where might her office be? Because she is coming to London in the summer uh, and uh, she wants to go have a look around. Well, I think definitely sort of around the, the East End. Um, I always like to think of Eliza sort of maybe where Dickens used to live, which is sort of the Clerkenwell um, area. So I think her office would be um, somewhere a bit sort of grubbier, maybe, um, you know, in, in, in the 19th century anyway. Um, so, yes, yeah, somewhere around the East End um, but I, I can't give a specific place because it's a kind of merge of lots of different places. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so Blue Sky 9134 on Twitter asks, will there be a blooper reel? I, well, I hope so. I think, Patty, didn't we look at that? We were going to create one. Is that right? Um Honestly, it's it's there's there's a lot of material being produced, uh, EPKs, interviews, uh, but there is no specific blooper reel um, that is in the works. Because our cast is so fabulous, you know, they never mess up. No. Exactly, perfect. But, one one take and it's done. There were <laughs> there were quite a few um, trip overs and all sorts of things, but yeah, we. Um, 
we we're, we're just plowing through so much behind the scenes stuff at the moment there's plenty of that there's going to be some really lovely um really lovely behind the scenes material that uh, the broadcasters will hopefully put on their websites so hopefully that will satisfy um satisfy the fans sally millican on instagram asks were there some surprising moments on set or are there any favorite moments that you had for me uh, this this is going to sound a bit sort of cheesy but every day there was a favorite moment um every day there would be a moment where you would be in absolute hysterics um be it patty and i or with the directors or the crew or the 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 cast um there was always something going on always somebody messing around you know i mean we worked very hard as well but it was just one of those i think i i can't think of one day that, that we didn't have something fun going on or um you know laughing at something so um yeah I, I can't think of anything specifically patties will probably be food related <laughs> <laughs> actually actually I'm, I'm laughing because yes I was thinking about what I agree with Rachel and we we were always laughing we were always having fun um the culture that we created uh was was really exceptional um uh, but one of the things that one of the themes and it is a food related theme that ran throughout production was Stuart's um, Stuart loves bananas. Yeah. Bananas, <laughs> bananas. <laughs> and we would he would constantly have a, a banana in his hand or have bananas hidden inside drawers. <laughs> And I, it was it it was really it was pretty comical. So, um, but yeah, we just we had it was there was just always like a light a sense of light and airy feeling on set. Um, so, Candy Lou eighty five on Twitter would like to know what is Rachel New's definition of a dollop of romance. <laughs> um a dollop of romance to me means something that um it's it's a heft it's a hefty dose of something you know like a dollop um yes so it's um it's more than a it's more than a gram (laughs) (laughs) um I do love the word dollop. I do like like those uh, they, using that. I, I I think I overuse it probably. Every time I read an interview, I somehow get the word dollop in. Um, but yes, it's it's my way of just saying we're going to have drama, we're going to have comedy, uh, and we're going to have you know a good a good amount of romance too. You've definitely introduced us with a few new words: scuppered and discombobulation. Are two that come up all the time now. Yes. Yes, isn't that such a great word? Mm-hmm. I need that word as much as possible. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've come to the final question, which is probably the second most important question um, after Mikey getting uh, a job on set. So um, this question is, what, if anything, can you tell us about when season two will be on our screens? Well, um, I think it's it's public. Suzanne Simpson, uh, the executive producer at Masterpiece, did mention in um, I think it was on uh, Twitter or T- I think it was TCA actually uh, that they are um, targeting October for season two. So that is that is public knowledge. Okay, 
<laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's about all we can say for the moment. So to respect our our partners, our broadcast partners, um, they they obviously have earned the right to uh, to come out with the the big news. So we don't want to trump that. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so we, on behalf of all the Scarleteers, want to say thank you so, so very much for all your amazing behind the scenes pictures that you and um, Steve and everybody shared of your filming and your time in Belgrade, because it really did feel like we were coming on that journey a little bit with you. Um, so thank you so very much. We really appreciate it so welcome and um we you know I, I know we said this before but we really do appreciate you and your lovely group um and yeah we love listening to the podcast we love all the fan um you know the fan responses and it, the, the, all the fun and it's just a very nice vibe that you've created it, it feels like a really nice uh group um of I'm going to say women but maybe the, are there any men in the Scarleteers actually that's a question for you I'm not yeah sure they, they are there are ah. very, very few but maybe <laughs> one or two <laughs> right right right, right. Uh, but yeah it's a it's a really lovely group and we really appreciate all you all the support and the love so um just keep it coming keep watching we will <laughs> yeah well, anybody who's listening, if you're not following the Scarlet Tears podcast, we have a Facebook. Um, it's just Scarlet Tears podcast. We also have Scarlet Tears on most of the social media. It's just at Scarlet Tears on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we also have a website. Our website is scarletears.wordpress.com. We have all sorts of fun information on there. So just look up Scarleteers wherever you can find us and come join us. Um, ladies, this was a fascinating talk and we thank you so much for your time um, talking with us, for your time creating this fabulous world and show that we've all been engrossed in. And we thank you so much for everything you guys do. It's a pleasure. Truly our pleasure. Yes. Thank you all. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. So everybody, uh, tune in next time, and thank you for listening. So, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod. Incomatech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0. License HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.